Early in a relationship, one can overlook red flags. One woman, Bailey, saw the red flags and managed to literally run away from her date at 4 a.m., despite being fairly drunk. What and who was she really running away from? Find out the answers on this episode of Technically a Conversation. Super friends, welcome to another cool episode of Technically a Conversation. Here, we like to take an interesting topic which we've recently learned and share it with each other, and hopefully you'll find it interesting too. I'm one half of your hosts, well, technically one third, but one half today <laughs> of your host, Cicela. Joining me as always is Jose. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Not bad at all. Good to hear. Great to have you on another episode. Yes, it's so fun to be back. Also, I, I know I've shared this um, between all three of us, uh, like the, the co-hosts, but I was so blown away by you and Elena. Of course, the chemistry is great. You guys are siblings. Yes, it's so fun to hear. And the one that she presented, I know she said she was nervous, but she did a great job. I was so excited. Cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed them. You probably haven't heard them, but there's two other episodes we recorded that haven't been released yet. So mm -hmm. uh, you'll listen to them. Soon. Yes, I shall. I shall. <laughs> I am a devoted fan as well. <laughs> this is the time of the show where we shout out everybody that has taken the time to share our posts. And thank you so, so much to everyone who has done that. It always helps. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much. Today's story is one where we can extrapolate some great lessons. And by we, I mean really anyone out there, all the super friends that are out there in the dating world. It's scary out there, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Without saying too much, of course, or, you know, it just depends on how much you want to share. Can you give me your story of the worst first date? This is going to be fun. We're kicking it off with fun questions. <laughs> Damn, I don't know if I have a worst first date. Honestly, I think that I do repress like everything bad that happens to me. Like I already have anxiety and I uh, like over lament everything that happens. And I, you know, I replay those memories over and over. So I think that I just throw everything away. Like I just toss it all out. Okay. I will share mine and then I'll ask you another question and maybe you have something else for that instead. Hopefully one of my traumatic stories will surface. <laughs> Come on. Sharing is caring. <laughs> Well, I do have one. Oh, yay. Tell us. See, you knew. You knew one. <laughs> I do. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily bad. Well, I'll tell you the story. Yeah, we could be the judge. Yeah. I was in high school. It was one of my first girlfriends. And um, I think for my birthday, she wanted to take me out and do something really sweet. Mm -hmm. At the time, neither of us drove. So I think we had gone to eat at Red Lobster. And then we were going to go bowl. Shit, I want to say it was like a freeway lanes or something. And again, neither of us drove, so we had to run across the freeway to get to the other side. And then uh, one of the times that we were outside smoking, because, um, well, back then you could smoke, but I, I think it was already when they were starting to not let you smoke inside of buildings. Okay. So we had to go outside to smoke and uh, somebody shot a gun at us. <gasps> and, um, you know, luckily neither of us got hurt, but it did hit 
uh, I want to say it was freeway lanes and they had um, these big glass doors and it did hit one of the doors. No. Oh my God. Why were they shooting at you? I don't know. That's, I wonder if they thought you were like um, immigrant, illegal immigrants or something. I feel like anything, anything south of the I-10 feels like you already crossed the border. Like you, <laughs> you somehow already crossed the border. No, I think this is before we had all the fucking roided out agro MAGA assholes. So I don't think it was because of that. That was before MAGA. That's so strange. Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad you guys were safe. Yeah, maybe it was just a straight bullet and it was just fired in our direction or something. Because uh, like we honestly didn't see anybody or anything. Like we just heard the gunshot and then we heard the, uh, I don't remember if it was the glass door or if it was just one of the glass windows. And then, you know, you could see there the mark where the, the bullet had, like it didn't pierce through. So I think it was just a straight bullet and it must have been far enough away that it didn't caused the the glass to shatter. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. But yeah, it was really crazy. Wow. Okay. Uh my story is not like that. So whoa. Okay. But Well I don't think this qualifies though because it wasn't a first date. Well it's still a bad date. But okay, so I was really gearing towards like a person that you had just met and then like, you know, weird shit was going down, you know. Not necessarily external to you guys, but because of that person that took you on that date or you took on the date. <laughs> and I'll, here's the perfect example. So I was in college and um, I have a cousin who's, you know, we grew up super close and she's only one day younger than me. So, um, you know, we were naturally like super close and real, real sweet lady, real sweet. I mean, she's my family. Of course, I'm going to say that. <laughs> so anyway, she had said how there was someone who wanted my phone number that she had worked with. She's like, this guy knows you. He said that he remembers you from high school. And I was thinking, I got on like, who's, <laughs> who remembers me from high school? Cause I was pretty quiet, but, um, I don't know if I knew like everybody, you know, I don't know. So, um, apparently according to Bard, you and I went to high school together and <laughs> I don't remember you in high school either. I see, this is why I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so she promises me that this guy's really nice and please let me give him your phone number. I wasn't dating anybody at the time, but I was really focused on school and I, I had said no a few times, but she, you know, she's my cousin. I really do trust her. And also I should take a step back and explain. She said she remembers him and she says, you probably remember him too because he was in the drum line. What? You have my attention? I was in the drum line. I know everybody in the drum line. What are you talking about? And all the guys in the drum line, they were like my brothers. Like, ew, no, I don't want to date anybody like that, right? So. According to chat GPT, I was in the drum line with you as well. See, we're speaking it into existence. There you go. <laughs> and. Then she says, uh, oh, yeah, he graduated like in 91 or something like that. And I said, I wasn't even in high school back then. How does he remember me? And she had told me that he used to go to football games still after he graduated, <laughs> which I don't, I didn't do. I mean, I enjoyed my time in the band, but I didn't keep going. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I was already like weird, but whatever. Okay. But she was like, no, no, no. He's really nice. Okay, fine. Great. Give him my number. Fine. All I'm going to do is talk. And we talked and he's very nice. And I do remember him. He would every once in a while come and kind of sit in on the practices and stuff like that. And 
finally, he breaks me down. Come on, let's let's go on a date. Let's go on a date. And I thought, well, what kind of date can I go on where I don't necessarily have to interact that much with? So I said, let's go to let's go watch a movie. Perfect, right? We're not going to talk. We're just going to sit next to each other and enjoy a cinematic adventure. <laughs> <laughs> what movie did you go watch, though? It was some vampire movie. Oh, those are already romantic to begin with. It was questionable. It was very telling. I'll say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was not. And you should have seen. He was so excited leaving the movie theater. And it was not that great of a movie, unfortunately. And I, you know, I even want, I swear I wanted to be like, the soundtrack was good or, you know, I don't know, whatever. Something. I wanted because he was so pumped. And I didn't really have anything to share in that other than like, I really like the part where it ended, you know, <laughs> like I didn't want to do that. Did he do the whole uh, yawning and stretching yeah. and put putting no, the armor no. on you? Thankfully not. No, we got in his car. He tries to start it. It doesn't start. Now I'm like, oh no, like I, I need to get back. I need to study. I want to like, just, I don't want to be here. <laughs> you know? And he says, oh, he says this bullshitty line. He says, um, I have this car that, you know, it the battery charges itself. The fuck? No, there is no battery that charges itself. Where is this energy being pulled from? You're a liar. So then I thought, okay, well, um, maybe I can just call my brother. He'll just pick me up, whatever. And uh, he's like, no, 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 just, I swear, give it a few. He Now he just wants to sit in the car and like chit chat it up or I don't know, whatever he thinks is going to happen. But I said, you know what, let's, let's check your connectors and let's, you know, if we need to, we can go back inside. We'll get some Coke and like, you know, some soda and then it'll take off the corrosion. Maybe that's just not making the contact. Like I'm already, I'm like in solving, problem solving mode. And then he says, oh, you, you probably won't even be able to pick out the, the battery. I was like, well, I don't. I don't know if you know who you're talking to, but yeah, I do know where the battery is. So he pops trunk and sure enough, it needed just a little boost. And one of those mall people, security guys had come around and gave us a boost. And that was all it needed. Finally, we went home. Or I, I he dropped me off. Very nice. Walked me to the door. And then he kind of says, I know what you're thinking. Next time we'll take your car. Are you fucking, next time? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Anyway. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was not good. The part that you don't know, Isela, mm -hmm. is that we actually have Ronaldo right here to give his side of the story. <laughs> Ronaldo, Ronaldo, come on down. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that would have really freaked me out if you knew his name, too. I'd be like, oh, my God. For anonymity purposes, obviously, I'm not going to. And I doubt he's even listening. To, I'm sure he's happy and we're all happy. <laughs> I think I sent him some stickers so he knows about the podcast now. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Don't scare me like that. <laughs> so anything like that. Okay. Did you see red flags in a person that you had started to date and you were like, no, 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 no. This is going to go. This is going to end horribly. I have five years. Let's do this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think the only red flags were that they agreed to go on a date with me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you are not a good judge of character. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not very good looking. Mm -hmm. So I think that when I start going out with somebody, I think it's usually, at least most of the women that I've gone out with, it's All always right. been people once I've gone to know them. I don't know why you say that. You're not 
you're you're not ugly. You're so silly. Anyway, you ha- you do have a great personality too. So that's wonderful. Great. You're see you're hooking them in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, definitely it would have to be based on personality because um, you know, again, it's not the looks. But yeah, most of the people that I've dated, most of my girlfriends have all been women that I've known for a while, you know, and you know, eventually we'll start hanging out. So usually the red flags have been identified before that. Got it. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. You get that done in the friendship phase. Correct. Very nice. Look at it. Dropping some lessons already. I like it. <laughs> like, you're like Mr. Abby. <laughs> They're like a dear Abby. <laughs> That's like my tactic to not be an incel. So, um, <laughs> you're so silly. <laughs> okay. In a podcast that I was listening to with clinical psychologist Dr. Shannon Curry, she's the lady who testified in the Depp Heard trial. I know we talked about that at length. We don't need to rehash that, but. Not sure who said it, whether it was her or the interviewer, but she was talking about like relationships in general and talking about the trial and stuff like that. But I do remember one of the people talking, saying, when you're in love and you're wearing those rose tinted glasses, those red flags, they just look like flags. (laughs) That's like you missed them. And I thought, oh my God, that's so, that's really true. So today we're going to talk about a story of a budding relationship and the red flags that were waving like a ref to a soccer player. <laughs> you got to eject here, you know? My coworker friend, Janet, shout out to her. She just had a cute little baby boy. Congratulations. <laughs> she had told me about this podcast, and this is where I got today's story. Link in the show notes, as always. Bailey is from Orange County, California, the OC, right? Home of no doubt, <laughs> where she states that the large focus is on money there. And men tend to work that into conversations a lot. That's just the type of place this happens to be. That was what she had explained anyway. Back in 2006, she and her friend decided to go to a club to go dancing. They both love to dance. And they were invited to the VIP section where they these guys were seated. And the invitation came with free drinks. Well, isn't that all alluring? VIP, free drinks. How can you say no? Sign me up. <laughs> right. They figured it sounds fun, so why not? They went back, and the guy who ended up approaching Bailey said that he had introduced himself as JD, and in typical OC fashion, he worked in some comments about how expensive his watch was, um, which sounds really annoying to me personally, but she did also say really nice things about how close he was with his mom, so it sounded like she was okay with JD after all. She wasn't all in. But she did say, well, you know, maybe I can give him a chance. So she gave him her number and he called her to go out again. They ended up making plans for a party, but those plans fell through. A few months later, he called her again for another shot. And they ended up just going out for drinks in a smaller city in Seal Beach, California. They shot pool. She said she had a few drinks. And for the most part, she said it was a really good time. But there were moments of strange conversation topics. He would make some comments about like Victoria's Secret, how it's a scam, referring to how huge the retail markup was from the cost to make it. Like Apple products. <laughs> Probably. I don't even know. Is that true? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Being a jerk. <laughs> 
Agreed. Profit margin is typically not a first date topic. Then again, how are you ever going to make it to date number three, that topic of ethics and accounting, and which led to SOX Act of 2002? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) What a snore, right? (laughs) So that is odd. But I don't know if I would say that's like a red flag, but that is odd. He also started to guess her weight, which I would venture to say that most women don't like to talk about that. Again, weird and noted. JD invited her back to his place to go take a dip in the hot tub. (laughs) Doesn't that sound just like an Orange County move? Take a dip in my hot tub, baby. Right? (laughs) Actually, that sounds like fun. But yeah, I'm probably not the right person to ask. I don't know. Let's see where this goes. Let's see if you chose well. Because she also was like, all right, you know, her curiosity got the best of her. She said, you know, this is a really expensive place to live and he lives here. But she thought for sure he probably has roommates. So there's going to be a little bit of safety in numbers is where she thought, you know, she was kind of headed to an apartment full of roommates. During the short drive to his place, she asked him if he could go through a fast food drive through because she was drinking on an empty stomach, which super friends, please take it from me. I too have made that mistake. (laughs) Ladies. Never drink on an empty stomach. The best thing to do is to eat while you're drinking. That's fabulous. I just like to eat all the time. So yeah, or at least eat before, (laughs) for sure. Same. I think that's why you and I get along so well. Yeah, I know. We love food. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) To even out a tip for the super friend men's, because I just threw one out for the ladies, don't take shots from women's navels. I don't know if that's still a thing. But I remember thinking that sounded so unhygienic. I didn't like that idea at all. (laughs) That trend back in the day. Back to Bailey. She asked him if he could go through the drive-thru, right? He aggressively replies with how bad that is for her body and just flat out says that he's not taking her there. And Bailey thought like his reaction, the way he kind of flipped out, was completely uncalled for and really strange. JD did seem pretty vain. You could tell that he worked out, she said. So she thought, well, maybe that's why he flipped out because he's very like adamant against unhealthy food. When they get to his place, she saw he had a studio. No roommates. Oh, like she had hoped anyway. I was about to say nice, but I was thinking of a recording studio. Oh, no. no. (laughs) An apartment studio. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's funny. She truly did not want to stay the night, and she thought, shoot, this is maybe where he's hoping this is going to head, right? So she started already thinking of exit strategies to get out of his place. He did let her borrow some basketball shorts and a tank top, and um, they got in the hot tub. But from all the heat of the hot tub and all the alcohol, you know that combo is not a good combo. She started to feel lightheaded and asked if they could return back to his apartment. Thankfully, he agreed. When they got back to the apartment, he said, let me make you a drink. Like, that's what she needs, right? Another fucking drink. (laughs) Anyway, she sat down at the counter while he was making her drink. His wallet was on the counter and she saw that the driver's license was there. The name on the driver's license was James Ernest. And remember, he told her it was JD. He told her it was John David. Uh, now is the time to panic. (laughs) She thought, what the hell? Some lying ass stranger (laughs) is making me a drink. She went to the bathroom. She forced herself to throw up. 
the little drink that she did sip from what he had made her, you know, just in case he slipped anything in there. And when he heard her throwing up, JD, or whatever this guy's name is, the liar, let's go with liar, (laughs) he bangs on the door, super pissed off, and he's like, what happened? What's wrong with you? You told me you never throw up from alcohol. So now he's pissed. And Bailey wisely said she didn't feel good. He needs to take her home. The liar outright says, no, I'm not taking you home. And you need to open the door right now. And she opens the door. She tries to get away from him. He grabs her cell phone off the counter. And they somehow kind of make their way further into the uh, into the apartment. And she ends up kind of finagling her way through the door. And she's running out the door. 4 a.m. She didn't even remember whether she had shoes on. Like, how how awful. And then being drunk. Like, <laughs> it just sounds so awful, poor girl. So the liar's chasing after her, yelling at her at the same time. And Bailey thought, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. If he's yelling at me, maybe someone will come out and save me. That would make sense for me, too. One of the male neighbors came out frustrated and said, it's four in the morning. You need to shut up. Understandably so, right? I would be upset, too. But the liar responded with, if you don't go back into your house right now, I'm going to fucking kill you. Oh, shit. What would you have done if you were the neighbor? I would have probably called 911. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I would have told him this guy, he uh, just threatened me. He's being very loud and very confrontational against the lady friend. I think you guys should send somebody over. Yeah, well, sadly, that man did not do that. Also, in JD's defense, JD sounds a lot better than J.E. J- <laughs> you think that's why he changed his name, John David, to, yeah, James Ernest? <laughs> Nobody wants Ernest. I'm just kidding. Yeah, if my name was Ernest, I would change to David also. You're so mean. <laughs> that's the next logical progression, I feel. Sure. Okay. See, you're, you're being very nice. <laughs> you know me. I like to be very optimistic about everything. Right, right, right. Well... Just throwing this out there. I'm so glad you would have called the police because we definitely need to help more people that are in need. (laughs) Bailey said that she immediately thought of all those Lifetime movies of the women who had escaped all those situations and stuff like that. And, you know, now the guy had gone inside. So it's just her and um, the liar. JD. And yeah, and she's crying. So she says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So she went up to him and she was crying. And she says, can you, can you just hug me? Cause I'm really afraid. And she went in for the hug. He still had her phone behind his back. So when she went in to hug and he kind of embraced her with his other hand, his free hand, she grabbed her cell phone and took off. Very smart. Good job, Bailey. And she sprints out to the gas station, calls her friend, Chelsea. Chelsea tells her, you need to call the police. And while she's kind of explaining everything, what had happened on the phone, guess who walks into the gas station? Our boy, JD. Dolly Parton. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We will find out if you're correct after the break, sir. Prepare to enter an immersive world of tragedies, hauntings, legends, and folklore. Southern Gothic is a podcast that will take you deep into the dark history and haunted lore of the American South. 
exploring some of the region's most infamous tales. From the swamps of Louisiana to the shores of the Carolinas, isolated communities of Appalachia, and the bloody battlefields and earliest settlements of Virginia. This is where ghost stories come alive. Grim secrets are exposed and mysteries. Well, you need to listen to find out. Join us now at southerngothicmedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want a science podcast? No. What about a comedy science podcast? Oh, yeah! Then join us at Petri Dish. I'm Sean, a PhD and cancer researcher. And I'm Nathan, his trusty sidekick and common man slash biological brother. Together we dive into the latest, hottest topics with irreverent gusto. Cannabinoids, climate change, human sexuality. Listen weekly, everywhere podcasts are available, to Petri Dish. And we're back. How was your break? Did you uh, make any real hypnol drinks? No, I was actually in the process of making one, oh. uh, but <laughs> we returned back from the break too quickly. Darn. <laughs> you got to be quicker. <laughs> you know what, though? I was telling Elena that she was really giving you a run for her money with the uh, dances. Oh, really? <laughs> That's funny. But she still hasn't done the worm. So I think that you still reign supreme with the worm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I swear, if we beat any super friends, they're going to really ask me to do the worm and I'm, I'm going to have to like go for it. And then they'll be like, wow, that really sucked. <laughs> Honestly, I'll be the first one to cheer you on. Oh my, of course you would. You just, <laughs> yeah, you cheer on all the bad, bad ideas over here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so before our break, I was saying that Dolly Parton had just walked in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But honestly, if Dolly Parton walked in, it would almost be more soothing to me than the police probably. I'd be like, Dolly, let me hug you, please. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. Yes. JD slash James Ernest, whatever his name is, the liar, had just walked into the gas station. Thankfully, Bailey was on the phone and she had warned him, I'm calling the police. Thankfully, homie scurried off. While she had been waiting for the police to arrive, a young woman walked in and asked her if she was Bailey. Bailey replied affirmatively and heard the young woman ask herself, what is wrong with him? I'm assuming, you know, this J.D. James Ernest guy, while she shook her head. She even apologized to her, to Bailey, and she said, hold on, wait here, I'm going to come back with your purse and all your belongings. Miraculously, she did, she got everything back. Eventually, the first go around, she says, hey, I, I got everything, but you didn't bring me my ID and my debit card. And the lady said, okay, hold on, I'll be right back. Sure enough, five minutes later, she comes back with both of those items. She never to this day found out who that young lady was. She was just some purse fairy or something. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) The officers on the scene were not empathetic to this young woman who surely escaped something awful. They didn't even seem to want to go looking for this liar. Bailey felt They showed absolutely no concern. And all she wanted to hear was that she's safe or it's all going to be okay. You know, something nice and kind. You know, she had this huge surge of adrenaline and she ran who knows how far. I think I would want that too, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't think I would seek 
sympathy or empathy from the police, honestly. I I think, well, maybe that's just the myth. I think that would be really nice if they were more empathetic if something really scary like that had just happened. Yeah, like they are on other propaganda TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the cab ride home for her was the better part of the evening because she said that he did show compassion towards her. He noticed that she had been crying and advised her not to go out with creeps, and she needs to be more careful. The cab driver seemed to give her almost fatherly advice. He even said, I know it's scary for young women, which, again, he's empathizing, validating, you know, all those things that you kind of want to hear. Bailey's father was no longer alive, so hearing those words really touched her deeply. So much so that she even said she still thinks of him fondly years later, and wishes she knew who he was so she could at least send him a thank you card. Small things go a long way, people. Even a smile. Just do that every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very sweet of her to want to send him something. I think so, too. Thankfully, she made it home in one piece. A couple of days later, she got a call from the liar, which is crazy. Of course, she didn't answer the phone. It went to the voicemail. And he told her that there was a job opening. He thought of her, that she might be interested in this, like super chill voice. Like the last time they saw each other, he wasn't just chasing her down the street at 4 a.m. <laughs> yelling at her. <laughs> hey, maybe it was just the alcohol. You gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Suffice to say, she did not call him back. The police report had already been made and she put the event behind her. Months later, she stumbled across an article where Huntington Beach Police we're looking for anyone who had information on this man type of thing. And the picture was this, the liar. Our boy. Yes, the James D, James Ernest, whatever his name is, or John David, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jingleheimer Smith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. El Paco. I'm just kidding now. I'm changing his <laughs> ethnicity. Bailey called into the lead detective. She explained everything that had happened to her and this creep. He looked for the report that she had uh, submitted a few times, in fact, and turns out the police officers never filed it. Really awful. The detective went on to say that she was really lucky because JD had been drugging and raping women and taking video. At one point, he told her to give him a second. He just is going to make sure that her name isn't on any of these videos. Oh, shit. Right? I mean, she got changed in his bathroom, I'm assuming. Oh, my God. I think I would have, you know, even though nothing happened between them, I still think that, I mean, at least they didn't have sex or anything. But still, I think I would have felt violated if that did happen. I would have been super scared. She felt really bad for those women who were on the videos. Bailey was even subpoenaed as a witness for the trial against him. And thankfully, they had so much evidence. They had all these videos that she didn't necessarily have to go in to even give yet another account about how this guy's a fucking creep. Turns out this guy got basically a life sentence in prison. Oh, shit. I know. Isn't that crazy? She admitted that she didn't know how much she should be ignoring as far as her instincts are concerned. And she thought that like certain things were weird. And but she kind of kept pushing him to the side and still kept giving him benefits of the doubt. But let's just remember, our instincts kick in 
when we start seeing certain things and maybe we're seeing them subconsciously, but I mean, these are like those caveman days where, you know, we're drinking from the river and we think, hey, wait, that didn't sound like a bunny or something. (laughs) We have to listen to those things. I don't know. So tell me your thoughts. How was, how was the story? It was very interesting. I actually thought you were going to say that he was going to pull some army hammer bullshit and he was trying to eat her or something. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who is army hammer? No, but that's like from, you know, avoiding rape to avoiding getting eaten, like on that literal, <laughs> that's, that's a whole other level. Still equally, like very awful, but holy hell. Well, Army Hammer, he was a, he was an up and coming movie star. I think he had done um, a movie with uh, Henry Cavill, the man from UNCLE. He was the, the Russian guy. I don't know if you ever saw it. No. I mean, he was a good looking guy. And... um during the Me Too movement, a lot of people or a lot of women started sharing their stories about how, um, you know, he was like very aggressive and mm. he would try and eat them. <laughs> uh, I, I know I should be laughing, but uh, yeah, he turned out to be a real creep. So he was like, I'm assuming he was a Harvey Weinstein, but on a on a cannibal level? Uh, something like that. I don't know the full details. I just know the most outrageous ones, which are that you know, he was really aggressive towards his girlfriends and uh, he did try and eat a couple of them. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. I need to hear the story. That's, that's hopefully this is an upcoming episode because this sounds too crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. There was a failed uh, Justice League movie before the, uh, the Zack Snyder masterpiece. It was going to be directed by the guy that did all the Mad Max movies. Uh, I want to say his name is like George... Martin or something. I don't know. I'm sure George Martin is not the name. Something George. And um, I think he was selected to play Batman. Oh, wow. Yeah. I need to look this up. This is <laughs> sounds very interesting. He was in some Gal Gadot movie recently, like right before all the allegations came out. So they literally took him out of all the trailers and everything. And I think they cut him out as much as they could while still preserving the story. Wow. I mean, he doesn't sound like he should be rewarded with fame. So that was probably a smart move. Yeah, he didn't sound like a great guy. Not like our boy JD. Yeah, oh my <laughs> God, that sounds awful. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. The link in the show notes will also have the article of where he was arrested and all these other allegations that, well, not allegations, I guess all these other criminal charges that were pressed. It's super fucking like awful. But as far as putting yourself in Bailey's shoes, at which point, like, what was what would be the first red flag for you where you probably would have bounced out? Like, deuces, I'm out of this one. I think of what you told, the only part that really seemed like really strange was when he flipped out because she wanted something to eat. I thought that sounded really weird. Because like, to me, it would make sense. Like, if somebody would tell me, hey, you know what, before we go back to your place, can we go, go get like some fast food or something? I'm really hungry. I haven't eaten. Like, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, you know, I'll, I'll join you, you know? Like, I'm always down to eat. Even if I just ate, I'm still down to continue eating. It's like what we did when we would still take breaks and we would go to Arby's to get curly fries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's that's how we roll. (laughs) And you know what? I have um, actually thanks to fellow co-host Elena. She gave me an air fryer. So now I buy the curly fry, um, I guess, the things from uh, Walmart where they sell the bags of the curly fries. And I can eat the curly fries at home. Nice. Very nice. But yeah, that was always fun 
taking a little break. Yeah. So <laughs> Our outing. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to hit up Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have the meats, you know. They do have the meats, which is probably why I don't frequent it as often as I do. But I still really love their desserts. I love, I mean, yeah, I can extol the praises still, even as a vegetarian, a pescatarian, both, you know. <laughs> I think I don't like the way he was asking about her weight. And granted, I will be the first person to say that I don't know how the date rape drug works. I'm assuming that maybe it works by weight, like anesthesia <laughs> or something. You know, it's like a pro portion of like your weight and I don't know, whatever. But yeah, that's, I think after that, I don't. And also, ladies, like set yourself up for success. Go eating. Don't get too sloppy drunk with someone you don't know. You know, I, and I'm not victim shaming at all, at all, at all. He should have never done any of that shit. But whoever's going to go on a first date with someone that they don't know, definitely set yourself up with success and eat before you go. Maybe she didn't want to eat because she was scared of having to take a shit. Is that a real fear? Because I never heard that. <laughs> like, I know if I'm going to a concert or something where I'm going to be in a public place for a few hours, I try not to have a heavy meal because of the fear of having to take a shit while I'm there. That's uh, disturbing. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I guess I can I can kind of see that, sure, if your system works like that. But you know what? Now that you said that you mentioned the weight thing and the, the rohypnol or whatever, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't put two and two together. I just thought he just asked very inappropriate questions, like the ones that I usually ask you right before we start our episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was sharing this story with my dad earlier this week, and he also went to that same dark road and said, oh, you know, it's probably based on how much she weighs and stuff. That's why. And I said, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. So that's very nice of you. Again, you are looking through rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> I always do. And I'm also not <laughs> as smart as I look, sadly. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I, I don't really? look very smart, so. <laughs> it's when you wear your glasses. That's when you look very smart Harry Potter style. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, and honestly, I do give her all the respect for even knowing the type of person that he was, at least to that point, and reading him and doing it's that like whole, oh my God, I'm scared, please hug me kind of thing. There's a name for it. It's called the fawn response. That's like a real thing. I didn't even know that, but she played him. And he hugged her, and that was when she was able to take the cell phone and take off. That was really smart of her. So there was a lot of things that I really loved from the story. Yeah, and I think just the fact that I'm a guy, those are things that usually I don't have to worry about. Right. So, you know, also did you say, well, you try and put yourself in somebody else's shoes, and you can only put yourself in somebody else's shoes to a certain extent, because there's certain things that I know that you as a woman have to be cautious of and, you know, maybe might fear that I'll never, well, I fear everything. But aside from that, you know, there's there's yeah. certain dangers that I don't normally have, especially like on a date, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a real fear for most women, especially the smaller that they are. And, and Jen and I were just talking about this over the weekend, how depending on what he looks like, he will most likely be able to overpower you. And you kind of always have to be on that, you know, hypervigilant lookout for like, how is this person going to be? Is he eventually going to try that? Like what's, it's, it kind of sucks a little bit, but I guess 
because I'm tall. And hopefully they're like, oh, no, it's going to be too hard to like manage that. And see, I'm a midget, so most women can easily overpower me. No, they can't. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> now I have a new fear, Isela. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what we're here for. Here at Technically a Conversation. <laughs> Any closing thoughts before we wrap her up? No, it's a great story. Great, great. Well, congratulations, lovelies. You have done it again, folks. You've learned along with us at least three things in this one. Trust your instincts, watch for red flags, and never drink on an empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you've been entertained by our chat and invite you to join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Follow us on all the socials at greetingstac or email us at greetingstac at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a bad first date story to share with us, everybody does. Or if you have a story of the time somebody tried to eat no, you. No, no, no. That would also no, work. No, no, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny.